G'day trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with Ashley Drew and Daniel Ferugia. Put your headphones on, put your shoes on, and let's go running. Hello trail runners. Welcome to the second, I guess we call this the Coaches Roundtable, um, featuring myself, Daniel Ferugia from the Trail Runners Experience, uh, Isabel Ross from Peak Endurance Coaching, and Ashley Drew, who is also from the Trail Runners Experience and his own podcast, The Run, Walk, Crawl. Uh, how are you going, guys? Excellent. I'm good, thank you. That's good. So this is where we're still um, in the, in, um, what's it called, the early stage of this coaching roundtable. table. definitely infancy. It is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> had some good feedback from the last one that we did, and um, so yeah, that's right. Got, and we've come armed today with three unique questions that are hopefully are relevant, and everyone can. There's people out there can relate to it, and uh, so we we just we won't. We how about we just like jump straight into the questions, guys? You, you good with that? Sounds yeah, good if, to me. If we say if we tell each our three questions, and then we'll cover them off one by one. Okay then. All right. Well, oh, do you want to go first, Ash? What's your question? I'll go question? first then. My, my <laughs> question is, you know, if you're running pretty much every day or you're training pretty regularly and your shoes are getting wet constantly, whether that's from sweat, rain, um, running, you know, wet grass, etc., how do you dry them in time for the next session? Mm-hmm. Or do you run multiple sets of shoes? That's a good option. But not everyone can afford to run models. Let, let's go. Let's we'll hold that, won't we, until we start. Yeah, we'll hold that there. Let's go to the next <laughs> question. Otherwise, Sorry, otherwise we're just going to jump we'll into it. We'll start each the discussion. Yeah. So that was yeah. That's your question. How do you dry your wet shoes, um, Isabel? Okay, so my question is, where do you fit um, weight training into the program, and not just the program in general, but like on which days, and um, do you? Um, have different phases for your weight training and, and um, I mean, I have my own ideas. I'm just wanting to hear when we get to it, uh, the ideas from you guys as well. Excellent. And very important question. Um, and yep. my question is obviously something that's been rattling around in my brain since I did the Ultra Easy in New Zealand, and that is how do we improve our downhill running? And and I, I want to be very specific about this more how do we improve our downhill running speed and strength so mm. not so much more focus on the endurance aspects not like not Rather just the short the technicality you mean yeah like how do we get stronger yeah. and um, because i mean just to give some background very quickly before we move on um so basically like i felt like my downhill got really weak the longer the race went on, right, and okay. um, and I know a lot of people they suffer on the downhills towards the end of a, an ultra. How do we mm-hmm. mit- mitigate that? And when I'm like pretty strong in other areas, and I've got these people flying past me, so how do we yeah. improve our downhill speed and strength? So yeah, so I think that's something that a lot of people want to, would like to know about. Um, mm. So should we jump in? Let's talk about some some smelly shoes, shall we? <laughs> 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 well, I've got to say that I'm very lucky at the moment. I've been very uh, – uh, what's the word? Every time I, I come in from a run at the moment, my shoes are soaked. So uh, – and that's due to sweat. Because it's so humid. But I, it is just so stinking humid. In fact, if you read anyone's Instagram posts from um, southeast Queensland at the moment or even north Queensland, that's all they're complaining about is just how humid it is. Uh, yeah. I have photographs from the last four days of the weather and every time I've gone out running, it's been 90 to 95% humidity. Yeah, um, how horrible. It, it's just, you step Cold out the waves. door and you, the second you start doing more than a, a crawl, you are yeah. sweating. And then, yeah. you know, within a kilometre, you are soaked and within two kilometres, you can actually feel streams of sweat running down your legs. Lovely. So, Gross. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's not pleasant. No. Um, yeah. I, I did actually, one of my runs, I ran a 500-metre loop 
and I had a towel and I towelled myself off every loop. Well, oh, okay. all that happened was I just ended up with a soaked towel after 10Ks, um, yeah. which was less pleasant than not using a towel. Can I well. ask when your shoes do eventually dry, because it's from salt and that's different to rain, obviously, because it's yeah. from yeah. sweat, yeah. it's got the salt in it from the sweat. Sorry, I was thinking salt. So is it different? Are the shoes kind of like a bit crusty and stiff? Whereas when no, it's just rain, no. it's so just rain. I, I haven't found that. Um, yeah. I've had that situation before, like when I've ran out in the desert and you end up yeah. with that salt crust all over you. Um, yeah, but you're not you, getting I, that with this. I'm right? not getting that salt crust, no. Okay. No. Because yeah. um, I was just wondering, because that would um, uh, influence, obviously, how you dry them. I have to say, personally, I've never, ever in all my life had wet shoes from sweat. Really? Yeah. No. Right. Like, I don't even understand how that happens, but okay. It, like, it literally don't runs understand. down your legs, into your sock. Yeah. I just don't understand sweating soaked. that much, I guess. Maybe and, it's a sweaty And then your shoe becomes soaked. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. maybe. I don't know. Um, it's never happened to me. It's interesting, though. I'm sure it's something that affects people. It's, I've never really – I guess I, my shoes do get a little bit sweaty. Um, short of yeah, yeah, yeah. A little putting, bit. putting them in like a – a sunny spot, but mm-hmm. I mean, no, I mean, when you're running a lot and there's not really enough time between runs to for them to dry out, um, short of throwing them in the dryer, but that can make probably ruin oh, the dryer. Just, I've done that once, that and that, yeah. that destroyed the shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, don't, just, don't put shoes in a dryer. I'm just spitballing idea. ideas here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I personally think cycling your shoes. I mean, I don't think. Regardless of whether they're wet or dry, I don't think you should run in the same shoes two days in a row. I agree. And a lot of podiatrists would agree with you there. Mm. Um, yeah. They're just because I, pa- I never, I never yeah. ever run in the same pair of shoes two days in a row. Mm, there you go. So, um, yeah. How many pairs of shoes have you got that you're rotating right now, for example? I have four pairs of road shoes and about... 45 million pairs of trail shoes, it feels like, because they're just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> do you, so, but like, surely, oh, really, do you not, um, oh, I'm, I'm very different. I, but can I don't, you see, I, don't, I, have, I have different road shoes. I've got lightweight, flatter ones. I've got sort of more cushioned yeah. ones. Then the trail shoes, I've got ones for mud, for lighter trail, um, lower drop, you know, and all sorts of things. Because not only should you run in um, not the same shoe twice, you should run in different shoes so that your feet are having to adapt to a different style of shoe, which helps to strengthen your feet because they're yeah. adapting to, you know, a different drop, a different cushioning level, a different um, width and all sorts of things. So they're not just always being held in the same position. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I, that's, um, that's very interesting. I have a very different approach to doing the same thing, which I'll explain yeah. in a second. Daniel, you go. No, you go. I, I, wasn't, I didn't, haven't fully articulated my thought yet, so you go for it. Okay, so... I um, I use the same pair of shoes mm-hmm. all the time. Wow! So as in and I, the one and I literally fit just or the one the, um, the one style. the one pair, or wow. sometimes I'll have two of the same pair, and I'll yep. go until I wear them out. So I get about wow. between eight hundred and a thousand k's out of a pair yep. of shoes. Um, so they last me about two months. Um. Mm. And I will just wear them out until the tread is gone in one yep. spot. And then yep. as far as I'm concerned, they're done. But yep. I wear the, the running shoes for running in and then as much as possible for strengthening my feet outside mm. of running, I'm barefoot. And or I'm on a two mil and, I, and yep. literally two millimeter thick pair of yep. sandals type things. Yeah. So mm. I was at my feet are maximizing strength and I'll go bushwalking. Just mm-hmm. in, in sandals. Um, which, you know, everyone freaks out about with snakes and whatever, but I'm, yeah, happy with snakes. Um, I mean, I so, believe yeah. in being barefoot as much as possible at, at home. When I'm at home, I'm always barefoot. Um, so yeah. I do agree with that. But um, I, still, yeah. I still think having different shoes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's I, can, I can see the value in that. I always just look at it and go, oh, my God, I'm going to have to replace 10 pairs of shoes at once. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a bit in the middle, probably more towards Ashley's side of the fence on this. I have 
at, at any one time, I'll have a pair of trail shoes that are fairly, fairly multi, multi-purpose trail shoes. Um, your dog seems to disagree with me there. Um, um, there's a storm <laughs> coming, and he's not exactly stoked. Oh, yeah. No, they're not a big fan. Um, we are, and so, yeah, I've got a, a good, a fairly sort of, um, I run in, I generally run in Brooks shoes for road and trail. Um, but I, so my, but, cause I find them very adaptable and they, they like to a variety of surfaces. So I have a, a, a pair of trail shoes and then when I'm on the road, I'll wear my road shoes and, um, basically, yeah, it's a rotation. I rotate that way. Yeah. And then, just so two different pairs of shoes. They're, they're one, the road shoes have got a bit less, a, a, a lower drop than the, than the trail shoes. And, mm. um, but yeah, it's, but, um, and so yeah, and I've just got a new pair of trail shoes recently, just before the race, and they're great. And, um, they're just the Brooks, they're nothing fancy, but they're, they're really comfortable. And there's the, the, what are they, the Brooks Pure Grit 6, and they were perfect during the run. And so, but I'm still rotating the other shoes um, a little bit. So like, so that I'm not, I, I like to just keep a, keep a few things going. But let's, going back to the question at hand. Mm. Drying right? shoes. Drying so shoes. I'll take you through yeah. my We got my to get technique. sidetracked. Yeah, we did. My technique of drying shoes is I take the inner sole out and squeeze it out. Oh. Okay, so yeah, I'm talking sweaty here. Oh, 20k God. run and, and you, you know, they're soaked. So, yeah, so I squeeze them out and um, then I just place them on top of newspaper to dry because I get a ton of junk mail newspaper. And then yeah. I stuff the shoe full of newspaper yeah, um, without the inner sole in it and I put that in front of a fan. That'll work. And that mm. works. It, and then I re- – and if, you know, like half an hour later I'll check the newspaper. If the tu- newspaper's completely soaked, I'll take it out and replace it. Okay. Aside from, I'm trying to get past the grossness, the same as it's yeah, me belt. too. I'm uh, still stuck there. Sorry. I, I whether like whether it's idea. sweat or, or let's just go with it's it's rain. Yeah. It's the same deal. Yeah. Here's the yeah. what. Here's the big. I got a question to to sort of, I guess, why is it a problem for you? You know what I mean? Is it? Are you worried about fun, fungal infections like athlete's foot, which is a common thing when you've got wet when you're running in wet shoes a lot. Or is it just because you don't like the feeling of wet shoes? Because plenty of times I put wet shoes on because it's like I just got to get this shit done, and so I um yeah. I will run in wet shoes. But um why is that? Why does it bother you having wet shoes? Why and why do you? Oh, say well, I hate one. I I definitely hate wet shoes. Um, yeah. I really don't like wet shoes at all. And the other one is um, if they're dry, they don't stink. Yeah, yeah. Fair like enough. they won't they won't become smelly. My shoes. Like over a thousand Ks, even though they're getting wet every time I use them, they don't smell at the end of that thousand Ks. I'm pretty lucky I don't have stinky feet, but um, yeah, yeah, I do care for the shoe to make sure that I don't have that problem. Um, I have a suggestion, another suggestion, yes. that just something that I've thought of and heard of before is um, obviously you could put some talcum powder in there. I don't know if that has ever would work just to absorb some of the moisture. Um, but also having interchangeable insoles so mm. that you can have, a, you're ro- so instead of rotating two pairs of shoes, you're at least rotating the insoles. Um, and I don't know that you can get lots of different ones that are fairly, um, fairly cheap and not going to change the way your foot works in the shoe. You know, like as in, it's not going to have a, a like a, a podiatrist, not like something you'd get from a podiatrist, like orthotics, but um, yeah, but there's heaps of different sports ones. But that's just an idea. But yeah, have you got any ideas, Isabel? Um, no, I mean, I was always brought up that when you had wet shoes, you stuffed them with newspaper. So I would agree oh, with go. that, to be honest. Old yeah. school. Yeah. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. It works. Yeah. The, wor- the worst thing is, is I've done this when I've been travelling and then I've had to yeah. go and find a newspaper. Mm, of course. Yeah. That's been, I remember I was running in, uh, Ontar- in Ontario and yeah. um, it started pouring with rain. It was winter. It started pouring with rain and it was still dark in the morning. And then I'm like, where am I going to get a newspaper? Like nothing's open. But yeah, I did eventually. So was, they were dry by the time you know, yeah. I got to the next run. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, um, yeah, no, it's, it, it is, it's relevant. And one of the things I just wanted to add too is, 
obviously, if you're running in a race and you've got wet feet, and one of the things I, I do, if I know it's going to be a, a hot race or a wet race or a hot and humid race where um, for a long period of time, almost without fail, I will cover my feet in, um, in like if I know my shoes are going to be staying wet, I cover my feet in, um, there's all different products, but I use the natural yeah, yeah. cream, pseudo cream, yeah. I, like yeah. all through, and it makes such a difference, you know, and yeah. it protects them. Do you guys use anything like that? Yeah, I use a, um, I forgot what the brand is, but I put like an oily stuff on my feet and then I cover it with their special, they've got special talc, which is for reducing blisters. So I have the oily stuff yeah. and the talc so that they move against each other yeah. rather than the wet shoes moving against yeah. and socks moving against my skin. Yeah. So I, uh, when I know it's going to be a hot race rather than a wet race, um, I will use squirrels nut butter after I've taped where I know there'll be hot spots. So I've got two spots yep. on my feet where I know I get hot spots. So I just put sports tape on those and then yep. just squirrels, nut butter over the rest. Um, yeah. But not, not like people slather it on. I don't slather it on. Yeah. I just put it on a little bit. Um, yeah. And that seems to look after my skin. In a wet race, I still haven't figured out yeah. a wet race, to be honest. I uh, not a hundred k wet race, like a short wet no. race. Yeah, a little bit of squirrels yeah. nut butter does it. But once the race becomes long, and, you, and your feet are wet for that entire time, doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least I haven't figured it out. Yeah, that's true. I I I reckon I should get sponsored by Pseudo Cream, the, the zinc cream. <laughs> I swear by this. Stuff, you use man. it for everything. I've used it heaps. Yeah, it's, yeah. and it, it does protect my feet really well. It's worth trying out trying it out. Yeah. But um so you know, this episode brought to you by <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Um should we move on to the next question? Sounds definitely. Good. Yeah. If and um, by the way, if for listeners they can uh comment on any one of our Facebook pages and say what your thoughts are on the yep. any of these questions. That would be really good. Yeah, that Harry. would be great actually. Yeah. yeah. Isabel. Alrighty, so um, I prefer to schedule weight training for like on a hard day to keep the hard days hard and the easy days easy, um, you know, but I know other people have different um, ideas because they say, well, after a hard run, you don't really want to do weights and those sorts of things. I also um, change the way the weights go. I start the season with heavier weights, move to functional and that sort of thing. Just wondering what you guys do for weights and how you fit it mm. into the program. And or yeah, I, I, I know I some want to people get more are specific. against weights. Mm, so, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know more specific about the, the, the when you say so you're doing heavy weights. Mm-hmm. When you say you're doing heavy weights, you're doing one rep maxes, or you're doing oh, God, three rep no, maxes, no, no. or no, no. Okay, so no, explain what that means. Than, well, heavier than normal, not not one rep max. No way. Um, still probably eight to ten for me. Right, okay. Uh, that's what I think. And because you don't want it super heavy because super heavy can cause injuries. Um, and, you know, we're not looking at um, getting huge muscles. We're looking at getting stronger. So, um, no, more like eight, eight to ten reps. And then when you – and you're using more sort of, you know, squats and that sort of stuff at the start. And then later you move – I would move to functional with things like walking lunges and that sort of stuff. Okay, and do you schedule it uh, so that you do your run first, then weights? Yeah. If if you're doing your heavy day, or do you do your weights and then try to run afterwards? No, I would do the run first and consider that the warm-up for the weights as well. Um, But, yeah, the run first, and that's what I'm saying, because there is a level of fatigue associated with that, or you can do it like on your hard day, you can do your run, say, in the morning, and then in the evening do your weights, you know with a different kind of warm-up beforehand. So I'm just wondering, yeah, what other people do hmm. or plan for. Um, I So I sort of agree, I'm in agreement with you pretty much because I do um, the, the same similar kind of approach, except that I, I do find it hard when I do a really hard, if I do a hard yes. session. Yeah. Um, and so I would, most of the time, I think I take the, easier road, um, road and would, if I'm doing, if, especially if I've, I've got a, my PT who I work with, um, Catherine Marks, she's, she's fantastic. She knows, she's just really good at um, overloading me just right, you know, with the yeah. weights. But um, so those days, I really, 
I'll sometimes feel it for two days, you know, those sessions. Yeah. And um, But the funny thing is the next day everything feels super engaged and they're like, oh, I'll go and hit the trails. Okay. I feel I feel so like um, my legs are just are flying. Like I feel mm. they sort of feel heavy, but I feel so strong. I don't know. This yeah. is like 24 hours after I've done the session. But the day of, it's like yeah. I'm – I hurt, you know, like, yeah. um, and so it's been very good for, I think, protecting me from injury and especially, mm. you know, in the last sort of few months and I, um, yeah, like, like, I'm, Oh, I'm, I think weights are so important. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people, well, there are people who don't agree with that, but I certainly think that weight, doing strength work is, is really important. There's, there's a huge weight of scientific evidence that yeah. suggests that weights are beneficial. And then you look at, like, the best runners in the world, they're doing yeah. it. And so, um, you know, there's, they wouldn't be wasting their time if, it, exactly. if, it, if there wasn't some benefit in it. Um, Elliot Kipchoge, the, you know, fastest marathon runner ever, he starts his when he starts a training phase, he always starts off with weights and like aerobics and stuff like that. Yeah. And then Bill and and he does lots of running, but he keeps weights going, you know. And that's someone yeah. you know, like he, people you wouldn't traditionally think to have like much muscle mass, because running you you lose muscle mass, you know, if you if you just run all the exactly you know, yes, that's so, right. Yeah. So you've got to work to keep it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and especially, your... I mean, once you once you reach thirty, you're yeah. already starting to lose muscle mass. Yeah, exactly. And we're and we're all over, just just a bit over thirty. Just a bit over thirty. Just tiny. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. We've just passed it. Um, <laughs> but no, it's and right. And it's when I was thirty, I wouldn't have even thought about it. But here I am, yeah. you know, a bit later on, you know, um, you know, definitely. Years, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, it's like so much. I love it. And it's, I, I also, here I am talking about how good weights are. I, I, I definitely think, um, it's, I put, I, after races, I don't get as sore after a big yes. race. Yeah. You know? And that would make sense. What are your thoughts, Ash? You got, you got anything? Um, so I, I'm going to put myself into a weird camp. Now, <laughs> I've, I've spent all my life working in gyms. Mm hmm. But I personally hate, or I really, I just get completely bored with being in a weights gym. So I don't do uh, strength with dumbbells and yep. et cetera, et cetera. I like to do it all, uh, not functional, but I like to do it all as body weight, body weight. type yep. or body weight plus a vest yep. Um, yep. or body weight plus uh, a weight belt around my hips. Um, okay. That's just my personal preference because I just get really yep. bored really quick. You know, if someone says count out twelve of these and keep pushing, like, yeah, I'm, once I get to three or four, I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm out. Um, so I like to do. I think that strength is highly is really important. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like doing it in a gym. So I like to go and you know do do use the ones in the park. I like to do right. other other functional strength like um, jumping from rock to rock, rock hopping, jumping over a log back and forth, um, push ups in different positions, um, pull ups on a bar or a tree, or using a towel over a branch. Um, okay, that mm. that excites me a lot more, uh, and it's probably why I like trail running so much because I'm out in the bush and I can do exactly the same thing. Out yeah. the bush, just, you know, the other one would be, you know, if I wanted to strengthen my legs, I'll go and find a really steep technical hill that's physically almost impossible to run and I'll wear a backpack and I'll yeah. climb there yeah. and I'll climb the hill. And the fact yeah. is you have to constantly adjust, but by the time you get to the top, everything's burning. So yeah, yeah. you've done a, a strength workout. You've just, yeah. it's just a different approach to it. So... Yeah, I mean, and look, I um, believe hills. I consider hills strength work in disguise. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, mm. no doubt. I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah. Um, so I, I do. I too totally agree with doing strength, and I I actually am of the camp too um, with doing 
your hard days as really hard days and yep. doing your easy days as really Super. easy days. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my easy day today, I did a 10K easy run. Um, yep. Well, the fact is at 25 minutes, I stopped and had a chat with someone for six minutes. Not the least yeah. bit worried. Yeah. You know, I walked up the hills. As soon yep. as as soon as I felt a little bit uncomfortable, like I mean a little bit uncomfortable, as in I yeah. was no longer singing to my <laughs> music, I yep. was walking. Um, yeah. yeah. So and, that, and that's the way it should easy. be. It should be super easy where it feels cruisy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on the hard days, like I did yesterday, uh, yeah, you'd better not have talked to me because there was no way I was going to respond. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it might have been a grunt if you were really lucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I am actually sore from yesterday's session. So, yeah, it's, yeah I, I do agree with putting strength on a hard day. Yeah. Um, and I do think that you need to have um, a properly uh, periodized plan yeah. according yes. to when you want to peak. Yeah, exactly. And that would be another interesting topic to cover would be how many yeah. times can you peak in a year? Mm, yeah, but, that would um, be very interesting because a lot of people think they can peak multiple, multiple times. So, yes, that yeah. would be great yeah. to talk about. Um, um, but yeah. without going into that, I do think that you need to have um, a period where you're doing – a large amount of weights, maybe with your baseload training, and yes, then that changes to the functional or more yep. s- specific strength. The other one yep. that I that I really like um, is pistols. Um, oh, they're tough. They are really, really tough, but they yep. don't. You don't have to do a lot of them. And the place that I love doing pistols is in the shower. So I'll jump <laughs> in, like I. Yeah, so that's where I do. It. I just lift up a leg, and then I do. You know, 10 pistols on one leg, 10 pistols on the mm. other while I'm standing in the shower. I'm definitely barefoot. Um, yeah. You've got to balance. And, yeah. you know, if you're about, if, if you're starting to lose it at all, you can just immediately put your hands on the wall. Um, <laughs> so it it just sounds like a disaster waiting to happen for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, it could be for some people, don't get me wrong, but that's where it works for me. Ashley, that's funny. What you were talking about with doing the real specific running and carrying the weight and stuff like you're getting right into the training, the coaching principle of, um, of specificity, you know, because obviously the most specific thing you can do, um, and maybe we, we could put this and periodization sort of together, um, mm. looking at, um, you know, the most specific thing you can do is run. If you want to be a good runner, you've got to run. Yeah. That needs to be the most of your training. Yeah, yes. but I mean, I, and so we could look at like having a, maybe for next time thinking about um, isolation exercises, you know, so mm. really targeting certain muscle groups um, versus, you know, the more holistic approach that you described of running up a hill with weights on or something like that. You know, there there's benefit in both, but it's knowing how much of what of each to do and um, right. and and when yeah and when to dial it back. Like I know like. I dial. I always. I. I essentially taper my weights when I get close yep. to a race. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because you don't want to have like lead leg fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. You, otherwise, you're yeah. not getting the benefit of doing all that weight work. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. Yeah. Well, so. but you don't want to cut it out too soon either, because then you lose some of the benefits. So yeah. it's a it's a tricky one to negotiate. Yeah. I, so I, what were you going to say, Ash? Yeah, on Thursday morning, I was sitting down with two other coaches having coffee. And we were discussing exactly weights and yeah. and running, um, but we were discussing metabolism because we were talking about um, weight loss for for peaking for a particular yeah. race with the Olympics coming up. Um, and basically, when you do weights, that makes your metabolism move up a level for yeah. a basically a twenty four hour period after you've finished a yes. weight session. Whereas a, a running session only increases your metabolism for during the session and an hour to an hour and a half afterwards. Yeah. So the fact is weights allows you to increase your metabolism and therefore in theory decrease weight if you've died, et cetera, is appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's one of the massive benefits of weight during a base phase is you can use it not just to gain strength, but also if you need to for racing, drop weight. If you don't need to for racing or you're already thin as, don't try and drop weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
but it just allows you to, you know, to increase muscle mass, increase yeah. strength, but also drop a little bit of um, fat if that's what's required. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, is All it right. time to move on to the next I question? Think so. I yep. think it was. This is definitely one we can revisit, or we can revisit from a different angle. I think. Yeah. Um, in, uh, so we'll have to come up with some more like strength training related questions because I know that there'll be. We've probably raised more questions than we've answered here. <laughs> I think that we just <laughs> yeah. raised an entire series yeah. of questions. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's exciting. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so again, if people have any questions or comments, they should definitely get in touch. Um, yeah, it's really good. Um, okay, so my question, and I guess weights is going to be a um, part of this, is so running, as, so I'll preface it, you know, running the last 20 kilometres of the Ultra Easy in New Zealand was essentially, oh, the last, last there was a 20 kilometre downhill segment coming from the top of this mountain, Mount Pisa, and it was, I was very fatigued, obviously. It was 80 kilometers into the race. And so I just generally was quite fatigued. I had a pretty good race. I just had no speed on the downhill and I felt like I had no strength. Yeah. Um, and my, and really interestingly, um, and I've seen this on other runners, thought it looked weird and I thought that they're, they're not very good runners. And it happened to me, looked down and my legs, my feet were rolling inwards and I just yeah. had, I just couldn't run far. Any, I couldn't run any faster, even if you held a gun to my head. You know, I was just. Um, so, how do we improve? And I'm not. So these prolonged descents, when we're, how do we improve our strength in these those in these ultras? You know, at the end of an ultra, to be able to run downhill. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Go. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many different things you can do. Um, yeah. I know we spoke on the phone about this the other day and I was saying that I used to get a lift up to the top of a trail hill and then I would just sprint down for about four kilometres and then get a lift back up um, yeah. and because that saved me having to fatigue myself climbing the hill again because that's the thing, people want to run back up the hill and then you're already too fatigued. Fatigue should come yes. from running downhill. But, of course, you wouldn't want to do that until unless your legs are strong anyway because then running downhill can lead to injuries if you're not careful. Yeah. So. I Another and thing I've done, yeah. yeah, sorry. No, carry on. Another thing I've done is like I'll do uphill repeats, say four minutes or, or you know, four minute block where you run uphill for three minutes hard and then at, at, with three minutes you turn around and you sprint down for a minute and then you'll have like three or four minutes rest and then what repeat. Sort of gra- what sort of gradient would you do? Oh, that's a hard workout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not huge, probably 10 to 10%. But okay. it's enough. So it's enough that hill. you can run uphill yeah. hard, but then you you really have to sprint downhill when your legs are already fatigued yeah. from the uphill portion. Because what often happens to people is they'll run up a hill and then they're so tired they can't run down the hill. So exactly. you've got to learn to be able to run up the hill and run down. We want to get bang for our buck on the way down the hill, you know. Yeah. And, I, and so, right. yeah, and a lot of people don't – it gets overlooked. Um, yes, and, oh, um, definitely. But, but it's always been a big part of my training. Yeah. Ashley, you're, you're sitting quietly. What are you thinking? Uh, so my uh, immediate thing with watching a lot of runners, and if any runner ever looks at me and says that I don't uh, practice what I preach, they'd be correct in this one. So um, <laughs> because I just have terrible posture. But the most important thing in that final 20Ks after already running 80Ks is posture. Your iliopsoas muscle Yep. must be in the correct position to allow your legs to still act as both a shock absorber and a spring yep. while yes. running downhill. And what most people do is they, they get shorter. So over yep. the distance of an ultra run, you'll notice that they're, you know, they're curving their back, their hips are more flexed, so they're getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's at that yep. point that you actually have to stand up and be holding your chest in, your tummy yeah. not tight but but firm, and then you can run downhill. And it's it's the iliopsoas that goes first, um, yeah. which is the muscle that connects from your spine to your hip, and then your hip to your femur. There you go. Um, yeah. It's like the song goes, hip bones. <laughs> that's right. Yes, connect. that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so if that if that set, if that chain of muscle is not 
in its correct position, the rest of the leg doesn't work. Yes. And yeah. that's so why do... you get the rolling in of your feet. Yeah. And, and look, I always, I've said this for a while, and it's really more evident, is that a person's true running form rises to the surface when they are yes. really fatigued. You know, yeah. when you're... Yeah. When you're like at the end of a marathon or at the end of an ultra, you know, you see people running and they look like absolute shit, you know, and they're just staggering and they're wobbling and they've got like, you know, it's big, you know, the weak, a weak core or all, all sorts of, you can see their weaknesses. You don't see, you don't see many elite runners coming through the finish of a, of a race or wobbly unless they've absolutely yeah. destroyed oh, unless they've themselves. themselves completely. Yeah, but it, I mean, yeah, I mean, there yeah. is that, you know, you've yeah. got to take that into consideration. But even what about, yeah. say, doing yeah. um, plyometrics? Because you were talking about, yes. you know. I think you're right. Like, I need to do, I mean, downhill running drills. Um, yeah. Is, uh, sort of drills are a sort of type plyometrics. Um, yeah. My, th- my theory is I really need to, and I think Ash sort of nailed it, is just really strengthening that posterior chain quite a yeah. bit, um, and I really want to focus in on that, and and, and um, so that I mean because it's inevitable you're going to get fatigued in an ultra. There's no you know otherwise if it was you know if I'm not getting fatigued I'm not running far enough or you know like um, <laughs> you know it's, and it's very and it's real different. So to if you're not like getting a, fatigued in an ultra, you weren't running it. No, you weren't. Yeah, either. that's exactly right. Then you probably weren't even participating. So. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was probably doing um, taking Isabel's trick and uh, getting a lift to the top of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but no, look, I um, yeah. So one of the things that I'm interested about is like downhill running techniques, and I I'm going to quote an article I read here, yep. and I've I've got it in front of me uh, as a coach. Um, from America named Alison Hanks Naney. She um, she talks about some techniques that are quite good. And one of them is, um, you know, doing these different, so grassy hill repeats is one thing, similar to what you were doing, um, finding a nice hill that is quite, that doesn't have any obstacles, doesn't have technical, and really focusing on running downhill, like repetitively, but then walking back up, even if it's only for a minute, really giving it to it. And I just, I think that's something for making it a focus. And, and you know, like, and it's another thing, like, like you said, people go, oh, they, they want to get all this vert. And, you know, like we want to, yeah. want to get like 10,000 metres of elevation. It's like we're focusing on going up, up, up. And but you and so you, when you're going up, you are getting stronger. What, But what part of you is getting stronger? It's not yeah, the same. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's completely different to the, you, yeah, you're to a, the strength of downhill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, I like that. Uh, anyway, she, this, this coach, um, she, um, also recommended some different dr- running drills. For, um, mm-hmm. So it's lateral forward hops. And I'm just going to read directly from yep. what she's quoted. And it says, drill helps with quick tempo and core stability. The goal with this is to stay tall the whole time and keep your feet glued together. Okay. So hopping. Okay. This is not a So hopping, exercise. she said feet glued together. Yes. So yeah. it's, it's, so it's like jumping. it's like skiing. It's a jump. Yeah. 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 Uh, start, yeah. Just do it for twenty seconds and yeah. work your way up to forty-five seconds. Like that would be hard work. And then oh, you yeah. can and then progress it. So that's two feet. The reason why it's called a hop is because you progress yes. it from two to, yeah. to one foot eventually. Okay. And I like the idea of that to really get that because it is it's a breaking. The breaking force is what's hard, you know. And yes. Like, and um. So you know, there's a lot of di- all that force. I mean, I, I really felt my eye, like my quads were obviously blown out, and it's a very common thing. And so, yeah, I yeah. don't know, um, you guys, um, like when you were at the end of um, your big race recently, the Great Southern Endurance Run is about. Oh yeah, like, because that finished on a downhill. That was terrible. Yeah, I so, was. I'd also been out for a very long time. I think my legs are strong. It doesn't matter how strong they are. By the end of that, you, you, I mean. Everything hurts. It, like, like, like Ashley said, if you if you're not feeling tired, then you haven't really been out there. Yeah. So, um, but did was there any like? But no, there wasn't I, any particular. I didn't find no. the downhill it, difficult per se. It was just yeah. keeping going was difficult. Yeah, you're at that point where you just want to yeah. go to sleep. Fair enough. Yeah, um, that's it. I just wanted yeah. to sit down. So it was regardless of a hill or whatever it was. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, there's all. I mean, there's a technique stuff that you hear a lot, and I've talk, I talk about a lot with people that I coach. You know, like take shorter yeah. strides, um, and be sort of try keep the posture correct. Yeah. Um, and like, but you know that that stuff's great as, as a technique thing, but it's the, the I, I personally think that strength training is going to make a difference, and whether that and, means and just that's also on, where yeah, where actual what the weight room strength training is also you know, where you can focus on developing strength for that because it does go over. So, you know, it can yeah. be useful yeah. in that way. It's not quite yeah. the same, but it still is helpful. Yeah. Uh, what, what were you going to say, Ashley? So basically, when you when you run uphill, mm. you run if, – if your stride, you know, is a – like if you tried to look at it graphically, which obviously you can't do over a podcast, but if you look at it graphically, when you run and, you, and imagine you've got a bell curve on a graph, yeah. when you run uphill, you just stick to the middle of that graph, just the high strength section. When mm. you run downhill, you run the entire length of that graph because when yeah. you stretch out, you stretch all the way out so that you've got a fully extended leg and a fully extended body. And when you first hit, that's depending on that's the where terrain. You're, depending on mm. the terrain, but when you first hit, if you're running downhills fast, you are fully extended, and therefore you're at the weakest point. You yes. go through mm. the strength point, and you go back to the weakest point, and that's why you get fatigued running downhill. So you actually need to strengthen the extremes, the, yeah. both the reach and the very bottom of the tuck, as such. Which is yeah. where the plyometrics really yep. starts to come into yes, it. Yes, exactly. Because plyometrics is about extremes. It's not yep. about the middle bit. Um, yep. and so I think plyometrics pl- is super important. Yeah. Yeah. So your plyometrics can be applied there as in like jumping downhill. So, you know, like yes. you see the free runners and yeah. whatever, they're jumping off high ledges yeah. and landing with two feet together. So yeah. you repeat that, you repeat you can that, do, you repeat yeah. that. Well, box step jumps and those Yeah, box step things. jumps, exactly, exactly, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and it's the same, if you're going to do it in the weights room, you need to make sure that you're going through the full extension yeah, in range, the body range of motion, to practice, yeah, yeah full yeah. range of motion to practice that type of strength development. Yeah. Isabel, what kind of um, plyometrics would you be thinking about? Um, well, when... I mean, I'm just doing very basic plyometrics at the moment, trying to get my calf back in proper working order. But I was doing box jumps and box steps jumps and um, <clears throat> hopping onto boxes um, and um, using uh, bands around my waist and, and sort of putting that to full stretch and doing some jumping and skipping exercises with that. And skipping with a rope is, is useful too. There, the the yeah. It's it's endless what you can do. It's just keeping, you know, making it fun. And also sort of like I'd put like a, something down on the ground and hop sideways over it, yeah. um, like you were saying. You know, all sorts of different things. There's so much you can do, but it makes, honestly, a, a huge difference. It does. Because just as, um, just as our uh, muscle strength starts to decline from 30, so does like the elasticity of our muscles and the ability to rebound, so that's why we need to do plyometrics. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it is, and they're quite enjoyable, you know. Like, yeah, I think just, they're yeah. fun. I I like it. Yeah, I've I've always said that um that the trail runners a good trail runner has a background in hopscotch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you know because it, it is, and you think about technical trails, like what are you doing? Yeah. You're doing all the single leg exactly. stuff. Exactly. Uh, yep. um, I mean, running and, is a single leg sport. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, it's probably something we should mention also. With downhill running, we've got to be very careful because it is yes. the, oh, the likelihood that's of That's what it, I was trying to say. Is yeah, those workouts injury. I did are highly yeah. intense and very advanced, and they're not recommended for unless, it, you know. And, and also, I didn't do them a lot. You can't do yeah. those kind of high-intensity downhill training a lot because it does yeah. smash up your legs and, and can – yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, that's right. And that's where people have knee problems, ankle problems, mm. and there's also the danger of falling over. You know, there's... Um, yeah. Yeah. So it is... I, and, like, I've always... One of the things I always approach when I'm getting people to get a bit better on downhill, you know, again, the whole practice what you preach thing, 
I yeah. need to do more, more of this myself. But as right. I slowly introduce um, more intense downhill stuff later in the program, you know, as opposed to, um, I mean, you've got to do a little bit of it early on all the way through. But if you're actually running downhill, you know, I've, I've found that, like, you know, you want to make sure they're, they're – if I look at a hierarchy of running, you know, yeah. flat running, then is it at the bottom? You've got to learn to run flat, you know, comfortably and well. And then uphill running is the next thing. Yeah. Um, and then downhill running is obviously – and then tech, and technical running. So that's how I would look at it in order of learning. If you were to teach a, someone from another planet yes. who didn't know how yeah. to run, you know, this yeah. is how we do it, you know. So yeah. but that's – yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. just adding to what you're saying there, Daniel, if I was looking at someone's program, I would suggest that 70% of their training needs to be base or reasonably flat training. Yep. 20% of it agree. needs to be uphill and only yeah. f- between 1% and 5% needs to be downhill, like proper yeah. downhill. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's also because downhill is so hard on the body. It, it wrecks you. It really yeah. does wreck you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I, I know that because when I finished that race uh, in New Zealand, I, I laid wrecked. down. Yeah. I was pretty wrecked. And um, But in saying that, like, I didn't do a great deal of climbing in the lead-up for this race, you know, and I think I, I spoke to both of you about that. Like, in the few weeks leading up to it, I, I increased my elevation, but there was yeah. most – I did mostly flat running, and I think I had a really good running economy going into it. So I felt and, – And that is so important too, you know, even for yeah. a hilly race. Yeah. So – but um, but yeah. So we've um, I guess we've covered all our topics now. Yeah, and we've that's good. Excellent. Yeah. So um, we now, but now I've got questions for next week already, or next time already. So um, <laughs> so I would say, and maybe even the listeners could um, if they've got questions that they'd like us to cover in future podcasts, maybe yes. they can comment and and add those because obviously we want to talk about what people are interested in. So, yes, if, yeah. if any of the listeners have any questions they want us to tackle, I mean, there's let us know. We haven't talked oh, about. So nutrition. many things. There's so oh, many. Geez, nutrition, that's a oh, that's like a that's minefield. Mind <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's excellent. And this is what I think, and none of us, I mean, we all have experience and certain expertise, but we're not, we're just more, this is more about a conversation so that people yes. can get, you know, we start talking about things and sort of guide people in, in a certain direction. You know, don't – if you're going to embark on any of this, I would suggest, you know, really do your research. You know, yeah. enlist, enlist a real expert to help you, whether it's a coach or a or someone who uh, – a, a professional of some kind. But don't, like, go, well, Well, Daniel said I've got to run downhill more, so I'm going to run – I'm going to do 15 yeah. downhill repeats as, as hard as I can right now. You know, don't do that. Please don't do that. You know, so just <laughs> careful, careful. This is – but it's definitely something to get people thinking, and so yeah, and and that's it. We're just yeah opening it up for for you know yeah people to think about. I have listened to certain podcasts. I'm not going to name any that do throw out these recommend certain recommendations you okay. know, a bit haphazardly, and so I'm always I don't want to recommend things. Just just no no none know. of this is recommendation. It's just ideas. Yes, so you know, we're, and we're all it's a, a constant learning curve. But mm. I've, I've really enjoyed this chat, and so um. Yeah. Any? Do you guys have it? I I have nothing else to add. Anyone else? No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I I would suggest that if if you've listened to this podcast and you have more questions, definitely go out there and ask them. And that's hopefully what we've achieved today is sparking some Mm. ideas that you're questioning stuff about. The fact is, an ultra, an ultra run is fantastic, or even a trail run, because you get to make quite a few mistakes. Um, yeah. and, and the beauty of Huge a trail run or an ultra run is you get to yeah. you get the opportunity during those events to actually get yeah. it back. Whereas once you, when yeah. you're on a track, you really can't make a mistake no. in a race. No. Um, I've never so, run a perfect yes. race. I don't know if you guys have. Um, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. No. So we're none. We're all constantly learning. So yeah. Yeah. It's it's um it's fun. That's why we do it. It's an exciting, exactly. interesting sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so yeah, let's get on the Facebook page. Perhaps we'll we'll talk about starting a, a group for this coaching roundtable, like a Facebook group, and we can have yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. so people like can um, jump in and the roundtable experience. Yeah, and then we can bring some of those questions to the um, from the listeners, and we talk about them on end. So we'll, we'll maybe we'll go through and we'll pick some. So yeah, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, that's that, good. I guess 
Oh, very quickly, what does your training week look like this week, Isabel? Um, well, as, as as everybody probably knows, I've been injured, but I'm um, building back up the kilometres now, and um, I did a 45k run the other week, and I'll be doing a 50k run this Sunday with some friends, and um, you know I'm just starting to do sort of speed work again, trying to trying to get faster again. So yeah, it's all coming together, and I'm working on right. my nav as well. So yeah. Oh, navigation, yeah. 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 It's going to yeah. come in handy. So, yeah. Uh, Ashley? Yeah, definitely coming yeah. in handy. Yeah. Especially with uh, the race you've got coming up. Um, yeah, exactly. This, this week for me is about uh, testing food, to be quite honest. So oh. I, I'm going out um, specifically this week to test different, different foods and see what happens. Macca, Macca. Well, Macca's, Macca's run has been approved. By yeah. uh, Ron McDonald House, so that's pretty cool. But uh, no, yeah. I wasn't going to. I wasn't specifically oh, okay. going to test Macca's. No, okay. that wasn't yeah, on, on my list. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 in all honesty, I think tomorrow morning I'm actually going to test toasted sandwiches. Um, so, yeah. like a toasted uh, that's cheese my first sandwich. One. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be um, cheese, beans, and tomato. Oh, beans. So, okay, beans, you're yeah. going. Yep. Yeah, oh, red, red, kid, God, red kid kid kids. Oh God, yeah, no. <laughs> so no one, no one, one run. Better, better not be anybody running behind me after that. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, excellent. And my week. And you? Oh, look, I'm still, I'm sort of rebuilding. I had a, yeah, I feel all right. Um, physically, everything, no muscular pain or or any like pain like that. But this last week, I've actually felt a little bit um. Bit of fatigue, residual fatigue, and just so I took a couple extra yeah. days and just um, but I feel good, so I'm ready to start really building up. So you're again. really listening to your body, which is really good. Yeah, yeah. So I um I went for a 16k like uh, run this morning. It was quite hot nice. and humid here, and felt really, felt good coming, even though it was hot and yeah. humid. I nothing hurt, but like I just and I think also I'm, I needed a bit of a mental break as well. You know, you need to yeah, sometimes just. You know, so because my next thing I want to get, I'm getting ready for the hundred miler, um, yes. and so I want to make sure I'm the next few months uh, I'm really able to launch into it properly. So probably yeah. this weekend I'll go out and do a uh, probably <coughs> nowhere near as much as you. I'm thinking maybe between over the two days I'll be lucky to do fifty yeah. kilometres. So you know, yeah. but you know, it's it's good though. I'm happy. Um, yeah, feeling good and going in the right direction. So, yeah. That's good. And Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank I'm you for listening. I'm just going to add, for, for all those yes. people who aren't ultra runners out there but are trail runners, you don't have to go out and run 50Ks this week. No, exactly. All right. No. You're just, talk, yeah. you're just talking to three people who are a bit nuts. So if you're going out for park run this weekend and that's going to be your longest run, that's I just fine. Say, totally that's enjoy it. Yeah. That's a legit yeah. challenge in in and of itself. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I get more nervous at the start of a five k than I think I do with an ultra, <laughs> because oh, it's well, way more painful. It, yeah. it is way more painful. I totally agree. Yeah, from yeah. the from from the first thirty seconds, it's painful. Yes, you know. Yeah. 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 So no, look, all much right. respect. Yeah. All right. I'm going. We'll uh, we'll say farewell to the listeners here. Yes. And um, and tune in next time on the coaching roundtable.